Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, founder and CEO of Tribal Knowledge Podcasting, and my guest is Pranay Sethi, VP of Sales and Marketing at Interfaceware, a company that helps healthcare organizations integrate data. Pranay, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me, Jeremy. It's a pleasure, and we truly do appreciate what you're doing with Engage Your Tribe. Well, thanks so much. So now, when we talked a few weeks ago, you told me that because your audience really knows tech, you can't bullshit them with misleading promises. So what's your strategy for earning the trust of a skeptical audience? It, it is as simple as being honest, uh, which is easier said than done. And we've always heard these things in the market where you know folks are saying we're honest and we're truthful. The challenge is that a lot of this you know, the honesty is driven from top level management at organizations. What we've seen in the healthcare space with or without the pandemic is healthcare organizations always have had a lot to do. So let's cut the fluff. There's no reason to, you know, add a bunch of niceties when it comes to talking about how folks can integrate their data faster or how they can do more with their data it needs to be as simple as saying, look, sometimes you're going to have to do the rough of the work and you're going to have to put in time in order to get exponential results and better outcomes. And it really just comes down to doing things from honesty, first principles, keeping it simple and uh, not saying things that aren't true and you can't prove at a later date because we tend to see churn. We tend to you know, see our competitors, customers come over to us often and say, you know, it was great initially. Um, but over time, things have dropped off the cuff and we've had to now look for other solutions in the market, which is why they come to us in the first place. Okay. So being, being honest and truthful and transparent is a competitive advantage for you guys. And it's an advantage because as you're describing a lot of other companies in your space, it sound like, sounds like what you're saying, make promises they can't keep or sort of overblown promises I mean, given that they're selling to people who know tech really well and, you know, have that bullshit detector, why do companies do this? You know, why would you make a promise that you can't really back up? So we're a little bit unique, Jeremy, in the sense that we're probably one of the only organizations that started in the 1990s in healthcare integration that are still self-funded and bootstrapped. A lot of other organizations and a lot of other competitors have been either bought once or been invested into. And what they're looking for is a quick exit or a quick sale. Our marketing team has a very simple objective. It's be honest from day one. We might not get the quantity of leads that we're looking for, but we sure do get quality. And one of the things that being a, a VP of sales and marketing, because I, I tend to see the start to the finish, I do also manage the account management team, which maintains the relationship with the customer. So I tend to see the entire view of um, the customer coming on board, the customer researching us, and then the customer staying with us. So if I take a look at the entire pipeline and the funnel, we don't get a lot of leads because we tend to be brutally honest with our customers. But the leads that we do get, we have a high close rate. Not only do we have a high close rate, but we have an extremely high retention rate of 98.5% in the market, which you tend to see that creates a more stable organization. We tend to see that our customers stay with us an average of eight years, which tends to create a longevity and longevity with the company. It tends to create better relationships with organizations. 
So I, I think that there's a lot of these claims that kind of trickle down from top down, really. A lot of leaders might be looking for investment, might be looking for, you know, an exit in the in the tech space. We're a little bit different. And it truly comes down to our core principles, which is be honest, do things right. Don't fluff up the conversations with your with our customers. And that's really a testament to the CEO and the co-founder of building an organization that is not looking to exit, not looking to raise capital, but to be honest with customers and keep customers for a very long period of time. Okay. So what's an example of the sort of claim that is like too good to be true in your space? That's a very good question. So in the recent years, there's been a, there's been a lot of claims in healthcare saying, you know, there's templates to integrate one system with another. That's not really true. You know, and any healthcare leader you talk to, and I mean, literally any, they'll all tell you that every healthcare system is unique, especially in the United States. We don't have one healthcare system that looks the same as the other. You can't template this approach. There is no way. So why make a claim that you can go in there and plug and play and get ready? What a lot of our, you know, competitive customers find, uh, or customers who go with competitors find is that, you know, they, they tend to buy into the template claim and then they get implementing, but they realize that, oh my God, I've got to spend a chunk of money with professional services to now modify the template for my specific customer, which now has not only created more spend, but has also created this, you know, this funnel of I've got a timeline to me versus our organization, which we, you know, flat out say that there are no templates with our with our product. You are going to have to put in work from day one. When you put in work and you learn our system, which is an integration engine, you will have exponential results. You'll have better outcomes. And because you've spent time and invested time to learn the system from day one, you're going to be able to build a lot quicker than an organization that's going to give you a starting point, which you're going to have to figure out, rework, re-engineer, and never really have the chance to actually learn the first principles of integration in the healthcare space. So that's one that's one of the examples that we deal with very often nowadays. Okay. You know, I can't help but think of Theranos. I know that what they did isn't the same as what you guys do. It's a little bit, it's a lot different, but ter in terms of making promises you can't keep, right? I mean, that's like kind of the ultimate example of, a company that their ethos seemed to be like fake it until you make it and not just fake it, but outright lie and fabricate. And, you know, they went really far down that road and it all blew up. And that's a pretty spectacular case. But it sounds like you're saying that a lot of that stuff kind of happens on a much lower level. And but it but does. can lead to bad outcomes, maybe not in, in as spectacular a way as Theranos, but still ultimately if if I'm hearing you right, it's if you go down that road, then, you know, if you're lucky, you might you might sell or get an exit and make a bunch of money. But it's not you're thinking short term, not long term there. It, it does. Yeah, it, it, it Theranos is, is, a, is an extreme example of what they ended up doing. In in our space, we see a, a very, very, very little bit bits of, you know, uh, faking until you make it. The challenge is that you pollute the market in the integration space. Like if you, if we're going after customers, the first question customers ask us are, you know, do you have templates? And you're now fighting an uphill battle against other competitors, but we don't mind sticking to our guns. 
we've seen the market sort of change over time where other competitors have started following that lead, where they used to be on our side of the premise where, you know, saying, be honest and be truthful, saying you're going to have to build things from first principles. But now they're also, they've also changed their strategy to say, you're going to have to, you know, plug and play and it's going to be easy. And again, a year or two down the road, we end up seeing those customers back. And we see those customers saying, you know what, this competitor was great. And the reason why we've come back to you is because your messaging from, from our website all the way down to the sales process and then further has always been the same. It's going to be hard initially to learn. The onboarding is not probably going to be easy. However, once we learn it, at least we're not being given fluff. Um, we deal with CTOs. We deal with CEOs at hospitals and vendors who provide to hospitals. We deal with director of IPs. We do deal with, you know, security compliance officers and all of them have constantly said the same thing, which leads to our retention rate as well, is we should have just stuck with one organization to begin with. And we tend, and that's the reason why we have the rate that we do. That's pretty much what it comes down to is, you know, there's no reason to add fluff. I would love to get to a point as an organization ourselves where we can have a white paper with two lines saying, you know, this is what we've done and this is how we did it. And here's an image as opposed to a 16 page white paper that talks about a bunch of fluff that really doesn't matter in marketing, in sales, there is a ton of content out there. We're in a Netflix like era of content where you can just constantly keep consuming. But how do you make things relevant and to the point so the potential customer, the prospect, is not reading a bunch of fluff just for the sake of reading a bunch of fluff? They're reading what matters to them is what was the business impact? What was the technical impact? How it happened? And that's it. Why, Why do we need long pages of, you know, case studies? Why do we need videos that are longer than a minute? I, you know, I, I, I appreciate what Twitter has done and you can see sort of Twitter kind of take that trend, which is, you know, they force you to communicate your idea in 140 characters. It's phenomenal. Let's keep it simple. Let's not complicate the messaging. Let's stay to the point and be honest with our customers from day one. That's our ethos here at, at the organization. So in a lot of other companies, as you're describing it, there is a lot of that fluff and at least in the short term, it sounds like it can be effective in getting customers to to fall for it, you know, to come and say like, oh, okay, this sounds great. And then as you're saying, you see a lot of those customers come back to you after they realize like, oh, this isn't what they said it was. Why do you think that a lot of buyers fall for that fluff in the first? I think it comes back to the original idea that I mentioned earlier, right? Even healthcare organizations have timelines to meet, even, you know, whether it's a vendor, whether it's a hospital, take a look at the pandemic, for example, we had a large scale of data to ingest and manipulate and to process. And a lot of these hospitals were looking to do that very quickly. And initially everything becomes very attractive when you see marketing messaging saying, you know, this happens quickly if you go down this path. So a lot of buyers tend to kind of sway a little bit and say, oh, it's going to happen quickly. Great. But not realizing the trickle down effect in the future, which might be, it might cost me more on my hardware. It might cost me more on my, on my resources after. So I think all in all, 
as individuals in today's space, in the tech space specifically, we're all looking to over deliver and just do things quickly and hit an achievement mark. Whereas if you take a step back, ask a larger question and take a look at the larger problem and realize how you can do things iterated, whether in marketing, whether in sales, whether in the tech space, you can answer questions very simply by saying first step, second step, third step, how do I get to that end state? As opposed to trying to achieve things very quickly, all from the get-go. So Pranay, what's your advice for marketing teams that want to follow your guys' example and become more transparent in their messaging and their marketing? What's the first step down that path? I think the first thing comes from top leadership, right? Don't be afraid of having few leads or having low metrics and marketing. It, it really comes down to take a look at the entire cycle. It's what's your retention rate and reverse engineer that process. Why are your customers coming on board and then leaving? Where does that start from? That starts from the initial messaging, the initial touch points. And then again, through that process, obviously sales in the middle of that. Reverse engineer what the challenge is. And if, it, if retention is the challenge, then reverse engineer that and it probably comes down to marketing. If marketing is an issue and if you're not getting leads or if you're getting too many leads and you're not just closing enough, then you're realizing that your messaging is too vague. It's not specific enough. Like I mentioned, you need to ask the larger question in a lot of these things, and it comes from top leadership. If top leadership is going to continuously push mid-level management to deliver on KPIs just for their met for their specific department, you're really just chasing your own tail here. Because at the end of the day, the business might be profitable for the year of looking at ARR, but it might not be profitable or you know, generating a lot of revenue in the future because all these customers are going to tend to churn anyways. So my messaging is don't be afraid um, to have low KPIs, but true KPIs. Don't be afraid to say it how it is that, you know, it might not work for you and turn down customers. Stick to your guns and stick to your customer maturity model. What is an ideal customer? What isn't an ideal customer? Stop chasing the quick sale just to meet some sort of metric from your VC or your investors. There's a lot more you can achieve by just sticking to the first principles of business and acquisition of customers. Okay. Well, you heard it here, folks. So, Pranay, thanks a lot for that, for all your great insights and for a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. I really appreciate it, Jeremy. This was fantastic. That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at tribknowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B knowledge.com. Thanks for listening and staying engaged.